Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the Superpower Fancast. This is Darren. And I'm Danny. And we're having a special episode for y'all this week. Um, Instead of your quirky quartet, your fearless foursome, you are getting the dynamic duo this time. Both me and Danny, we're going to talk about, in fact, because this is a Superpower Fancast, I think we're just going to talk about people with superpowers so we're just going to go ahead and stick with both marvel and dc this week and you know we normally will talk about like trailers and movies and all types of things that are outside the superhero world but i think this week as your as your dynamic duo we're just going to pick a pair of subjects namely marvel and dc and just go ahead and talk about the things in that world and uh, what we're looking forward to so the first thing we're definitely going to talk about is the giant bulbous purple creature in the room. <laughs> that sounded way worse than I wanted. <laughs> but <laughs> you, you were talking about the abelisk, right? The yes. okay, of course, of course. <laughs> we're talking. About, <laughs> we're going to, definitely we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two and our impressions. We went to see it in glorious IMAX 3D and then I went the next night with my family to the drive-in had a great time so you know I'm Danny I'm gonna start with your impressions then we'll talk about mine and then uh, we'll see where we stand definitely so my impressions of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 um, first off um, in an earlier episode I did say that um, Guardians of the Galaxy was a top five of mine actually my number one my most favorite um, still is. Nothing's changed there. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, though, um, didn't... For me, it didn't quite step up to that caliber that the original did. Um, but it was still really, really awesome. Um, I still absolutely loved it. Um, I wouldn't put it in my top five. Okay, I think I was going to say, dude, yeah. top five. Is it in the top ten, though? I would say top ten. Well, I mean, there's like, what, 14 movies? So that's not too hard to hit. But, <laughs> but I mean, even still, though, like it was still a top... It was still a favorite of mine. Um, and it wasn't that it was bad or anything like that. I, and I still think maybe I just need to see it another time. But yeah. one thing that kind of took me out of the movie was the, the kind of the side conversations, the little yeah. emotional expositions between the characters that personally, I feel like the character would have never done. <laughs> like it was really out of character, especially with, uh, Gamora and Nebula. That was weird. Yeah, it did, yeah, and I'm with you, it did kind of come out of nowhere, like, all of a sudden, you know, they're, you know, you literally stole a ship, mm-hmm. flew to a, to a planet to hunt your sister down, shooting her, shooting at her, before crashing into a, a into a cave, and then at the end of it, I just wanted a sister. <laughs> That's one really weird way of showing that. I emotion. mean, that, that screams, I want a sister to me, I mean, like... That's normal, right? Healthy. I mean, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> really a healthy reaction. That's how you want it to happen. Well, but, and it kept making me feel like the, the, the Saturday morning special, the Boy Meets World, little intimate talks with father kind of things like that. Like, I love the themes. A very special episode of Guardians of the Galaxy. Right? <laughs> uh, I love the theme throughout the whole thing about the parentage and fatherhood and just family in general. I really enjoyed that. Um, it was just... 
I think the only exposition that I actually felt had a place was between, well, look, only expositions, I guess, Yondu and Peter, and then Yondu and Rocket. I thought yeah. those were great. Uh, think, aside yeah, from that, it was it was strange. I'm kind of with you on that. I think the like, I think we had talked about it before. I think the the uh, the Gamora Nebula thing could have been pushed to volume three, or even a hint of it happening because like it was yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah, it did. It just it did kind of seem out of nowhere. I think that um, part of the thing was is like because this was such this was so family oriented. Mm-hmm. Like I think they kind of went a little overboard with everyone having to have that moment. Like I mean, because you had you had you know Peter and Ego, mm-hmm. Peter and Yandu, Yandu and uh, Stakar. Um, you had yeah. like, everyone was having like their one on ones. It was just like <laughs> it was it was the weirdest thing ever. Like every kind of like ten minutes, like there was this at least the hint of an after school special scene. Okay. And I, I love the movie. I absolutely love it. Infinitely watchable. Absolutely watchable. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, in the sense that I went and saw it back to back nights. <laughs> so it's definitely watchable mm-hmm. and definitely enjoyable. Like, it's not. Uh, I would say it's probably. Yeah, I mean, maybe still like it, it's it's on the cusp of my top ten. But yeah, I think they. I think if they had saved a couple of those moments to a later film mm-hmm. might have worked a, a little bit better because I think especially the the Gamora Nebula thing seemed a little seemed a little wedged in right it all felt as far as those kind of things like it felt a little like hey we want to get rid of all of this all in this one film let's just go ahead and make it happen and stuff it all in and because with Nebula and Gamora, like, if that were the case, where she felt like she wanted a sister, then that's all truly she wanted, I feel like we should have seen that theme in the previous film. Yeah. Because all we saw was rivalry, and rivalry doesn't always translate just to your sibling rivalry. That's not always what that means. And so it kind of seemed like it was literally just out of nowhere. And the, the little side monologues kind of took away from the story at times, or at least popped pulled me out of the story so it was like it was going it was going and then pulled me out and it was like it, i don't know it made it kind of a in and out kind of thing and it was just it's strange yeah and i kind of uh, and i'm with you but there's actually a little thing that i'm thinking about because um, my wife and i literally just finished watching Guardians mm-hmm. the first one. like we just finished watching it and honestly there actually were those moments in the first one but it was more on gamora's side reaching out to nebby Mm-hmm. Like, remember, like when they're on the ship, and she's like, you know, uh, Gamora when she's hanging up when when Nebula's hanging off by her by her uh, mechanical arm, and yeah. it's like, you know, Nebula's sister mm-hmm. help defeat Ronan, like you know, he's crazy. Like, yeah, you do kind of get a hint of of that, but I think they kind of like they took that hint of a uh, of a resolution and just went full bore in the second one and. It, it felt it felt out of place. It did. It did. Uh, but I mean, and overall, it was a really great movie. I, I really enjoyed it. I would watch it again. I want to watch it again. Um, I love the development with uh, Rocket because uh, he's my favorite. Yeah. I, he's my favorite Guardian. I loved what they did with him as far as really kind of calling his number on a few things uh, that he constantly does, constantly do to the crew and how he acts and how 
basically everything he does is a deflection because he hurts. Yeah. And I thought and that that was cool that they really pulled that out. Yeah, I mean that's that that worked on that level too. Like I said, there was um everyone had to have everyone had their their moments. I think that there were just like a couple that you know just seemed a little too. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry, a little too easy, a little yeah. too. Simple. So I mean, it was just like um, it was like okay, like the the Rocket Yandu thing. Mm-hmm. That I, I kind of liked, but at the same time, I was just like, honestly, it was just oh, another one. <laughs> at that point, yeah. <laughs> Immediately after the Gamora Nebula thing, so mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, another one. Again, <laughs> and it did, and, and like you, it did kind of take me out of the movie a little. Mm-hmm. But you know, everything else like brought me back in. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, um, definitely, uh, definitely a recommendation on my end. Absolutely, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I mean, if that's the only complaint that I have with it, I mean, it was still a good movie overall. Um, I mean, Marvel's still producing really great stuff. James Gunn did a great, uh, great job with the story. Um, mm. I, I guess just the beat of it was the only thing that I'd have complaint with. It's yeah. just that it kind of felt like uh, mini episodes instead of one large movie over. So yeah. Can I tell you a weird thing? Like my um, my youngest. Uh, my youngest Jacob has been obsessed with the live action Scooby Doo movies. Oh, really? <laughs> absolutely obsessed with them. And I'm thinking about the family dynamic thing, and he's watching that. And I remembered James Gunn wrote both of those movies. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, he wrote both of those. He wrote he wrote the Scooby Doo movie, and he wrote Scooby Doo Two: Monsters Unleashed. So, yeah. So it's one of those you got to love me at my worst. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two definitely go see it. I'm sure at this point everyone has because we're you know we're. I mean, if you're what, not, what are you doing? Exactly. I mean, we're what like two weeks in at this right. point, right? Yeah. So, I'm sure everyone's seen it. But on that same note, uh, sticking with uh, sticking with Marvel, um, while we were in the theater, we saw the uh, teaser. Can't say it's a trailer because there was no footage. Mm-hmm. But you did hear a lot of audio, but you did see a teaser for Marvel's Inhumans. Now, Danny, like you, I know you had strong opinions about Inhumans, and I really want to—I really want to hear what you have to say. I, I do because I really enjoy the comic version of Inhumans, and granted, it's—it's it's very kind of out there and strange, kind of like Guardians, mm-hmm. <laughs> the original Guardians, kind of the same thing, where it's very strange and. It's kind of a concept where you've got to have a little weird to you in order to really truly enjoy it. Um, right. Inhumans has that same thing, um, but with the lead up through Agents of Shield and things like that, um, it's got me really excited. I-, I love the comics, the new line that they're doing, and everything too with new Adelan and everything. Um, but when I saw the first look at uh, the royal family, I was less than impressed, uh, just because it-, it just all seemed cheap. Like, I get it's for TV, but at the same time, like, Medusa's hair. I mean, obviously, it's probably going to be CGI, but it looked like they slapped a Ronald McDonald wig on her and was like, go have fun. Um, And even with Gorgon, like, Gorgon doesn't have any of that beast look factor to him that makes him just look bad. Yeah, he doesn't have, like, the the forehead ridge and the coat. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, and maybe it was just how I'd imagine and how I've always seen them that 
I just assumed that that would probably be how they would go, and maybe eventually they do, but I don't know. Like, I just, I wasn't impressed. <laughs> yeah, and I'm kind of with you. And um, what I've what I've seen, and it really hasn't been much, but I did I did kind of see on a site, and I can't remember which one, that they that uh, someone had like some screen captures of an actual trailer. And I'm sure we're going to have more once it gets towards, you know, once D23 yeah. gets going and then San Diego. And probably more San Diego because Disney does, like, the movie stuff for D23. Mm-hmm. And they'll do, like, the, the TV stuff for uh, for San Diego Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the screenshots that I saw, I mean, really didn't change my impression. Like, I, I actually... I'm actually okay with the costumes. I'm really, uh, I'm probably one of the few people that I'm not, you know, like, oh, it's just bad cosplay. I mean, it's all bad. It's all cosplay. I mean. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. there, are, there are costumes that work really well. I think, mm-hmm. I think Dr. Strange, the Dr. Strange costume worked really well because it did, because it just looked like clothes. Mm-hmm. I think the, uh, I think Captain America's suit in uh, Winter Soldier Forward mm-hmm. looked really great. I thought the one in you know in the first Avenger was just like a little too bulky, <laughs> but you know again it was a product of the time. Yeah. So I you know um, so a lot of the costumes you know they're, they 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 look like cosplay. They're not the best. This one, the ones for Inhumans, they look okay. They. I'm willing to give them a little bit more of a chance, and I'm with you absolutely on Medusa's hair, mm-hmm. like, and the fact that she's wearing like the the long gown. But honestly, if you look in the if you look at the costume she wears in the comics, she's basically just wearing like a purple unitard. You're right. So. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I do like how because I mean I can imagine how that could be hard to translate to screen because I mean you've got uh, Black Bolt in spandex, Maximus the Mad, and sometimes he's in spandex. Um, you've got Medusa in spandex, and so I get moving away from that typical superhero comic book look. Um, I think they did good with that. I actually really like uh, Black Bolt's uh, version, though, yeah. how that, how they made him that kind of royal kind of look, but it still has his symbol and everything. The same oh. thing with Maximus. I, I think they did. A, I think that's real, that was really cool. Yeah, and they're kind of going for like a more like tun- like look, look like tunics uh-huh. than costumes. Yeah. And that's, I think that's kind of where they're going, which again, I'm, I'm okay with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know a lot of people aren't, but you know, I'll see how it looks on the screen before I pass final judgment. Oh, for sure. Definitely. I mean, I'm still excited for it for sure. Um, especially now that we know that the first, th- those eight episodes for, uh, in humans are going to be right before agents of shield starts and how right. agents of shield ended is incredible. So hopefully it all has some kind of direct tie-in. Even though it's own story, I don't want it to lean on anything else too much. But I mean, yeah. it, it's almost as if it can't really not acknowledge Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Just as how long as they've been focusing on Inhumans. And then frankly, I mean, come on. When, in, in, when at any other time would you get a TV show with Lockjaw on it? I mean, I'm when, so excited to see yeah. Lockjaw. Yeah, and where else would that happen? And, you know, yeah. so... You know, take your, uh, you know, budgets being what they are. Mm-hmm. They do a kick-ass lockdown. I'm absolutely fine with cosplay costumes. Oh, yeah, for sure. You, that's, but then that's the question you have to ask yourself. 
You want him to skimp on the costumes, or you want him to skimp on Lockjaw? Yeah, you don't want him to skip on Lockjaw. <laughs> that could so easily have been... Lockjaw could so easily have just been, like, a normal-sized dog. That's true. <laughs> we, we couldn't afford the actual CGI, so here's a puppy. <laughs> With a tuning fork on his head. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the season finale, you know, only once in a while will he ever become Lockjaw. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, come on, you know, take your, you know, take it for what it is. Right. You know, judge slowly. <laughs> But speaking of Agents of Shield, like I am not caught up, but like I, but I, you know, I know what happened, but I don't know what happened. Like, okay. I, haven't, I haven't really watched a lot of this season, mm-hmm. maybe because I've been, uh, and that's kind of you know my feeling with a lot of shows lately. Like it's not, it's not from lack of desire; it's from lack of time. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm doing so much writing lately. Yeah. It's just, it's been, I've, I've done more, pre- like. I've produced more than I've consumed. I hear you. So I'm going to find a time. I'm definitely going to find a time to kind of, uh, you know, uh, you know, catch up. But even now, I'm like right in the middle of like American Gods. Yeah. So writing reviews for those. And oh, that series is so good. But, you know, we're talking about Marvel Disney. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to do that for like an, an, another day. But, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, ended with, you know, Everyone taken away. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they are, but they're in space. And yep. What does that all mean? Uh-huh. What do you think, Danny? What are you thinking? Well, I had saw a uh, article. I couldn't find it again, so I don't know if it just got pulled or what happened. But something about uh, some of the show writers are either it's either that they completely denied that Sword was going to be in Shield, or that they are playing coy about it, or something like that. Because I think that'd be awesome. Because in all honesty, at this point, it feels like a next logical step, especially with Infinity War coming up. Um, yeah. I mean, that's going to affect the entire Marvel Universe, so why not get ready for that? Why not get ready for that cosmic event? Um, and so with Coulson all of a sudden in space, I mean, I don't think that there would be any reason that there would be aliens out of nowhere abducting them from some diner. Because <laughs> they did not realize that that, 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 were, that, that was who it was. Um, they were under the impression that it was the U.S. government because they were wanted at that point at the at the end of the season, um, and so they're like, "Well, well, here we go." And then all of a sudden, they the agents turn something on and they all freeze. They can't move. And then the next thing is Coulson waking up in space, and he's like, "Well, time to get back to it." <laughs> so I mean, it's like, come on, there's you know, <clears throat> they're laying the groundwork for a lot of things, and the thing I like about. Uh, Agents of Shield and the fact that they, you know, they they've really come into their own is that you know they've um, they found their they found their voice. Mm-hmm. So it's you know it's um, and the fact that they've been renewed for another season. Like I'm I'm at this point they can kind of do what they want. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have to um, they don't have to necessarily follow the uh, you know, follow the movie world. Right. They, they can just kind of be who they are, and I'm, you know, I'm excited for that. So. Yeah, and this season was one that I was kind of worried about um, because it seemed because it started off really, really strong with Ghost Rider and everything, and then mm-hmm. we went into this life model decoy arc, which was really strange. Like yeah. 
who's that, who's the LMDs and all this other kind of stuff. And, like I didn't watch any of the LMD storyline. Yeah, I like as soon as the because like I said, like as soon as the the Ghost Rider arc ended, I I went into writing mode and just yeah, and and have not like looked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, but yeah, with the LMDs and everything, like. I wasn't sure how, because I thought, like I told you before on uh, a previous podcast, um, I felt like they were going like Secret Invasion. Like, who's a scroll and all this other kind of stuff. It was who's an LMD, and that's how they played it up. And it ended up being to where it played out. I mean, it was one of those wait and see. It played out really well throughout the season. Um, there were some really cool moments between Ghost Rider and uh, Ada or Ophelia, whatever you want to call her, whatever she's calling herself. Um, mm-hmm. uh, between them, that was really, really neat. Um, seeing Ada for, for the first time feel rejection and heartbreak was mm-hmm. insane. <laughs> like, <laughs> lost her mind. Basically, we yeah. got to see an outer version of what all of us feel <laughs> without self-control. <laughs> um, and it was it was really cool seeing that and just, like, it was very cringeworthy, but at the same time, terrifying. Um, yeah. and, and I mean, kudos to that actress that she did an amazing job. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall the season ended up really, really cool. Um, I'm excited for season five for sure. Yeah. I mean, um, well, one thing I, I would ask, and I mean, this is just, uh, well, one, uh, Mallory Jensen, that's the actress who plays. Yes. Ada, mm-hmm. but, uh, Last thing I saw her in was Galavant on a. Oh. <laughs> so, um, but um, I asked because they introduced Victoria Hand on Agents of Shield, right? And then they they you know no spoilers, but they killed her. Yeah. But do you think there's a possibility they bring her back if there's a sword storyline? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. In- introducing LMDs and this way back, basically. Um, yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised that if we see a lot of different characters all of a sudden show up, uh, because even though the framework was disassembled by the end of the season, I mean, I don't think it's impossible for some of the framework to still exist, and a lot of that means people that people were, that our main characters were connected with, uh, showed up in the framework. Um, uh, uh, Ward showed back up again, because uh, mm-hmm. he's connected to all of the team and everything, like... Um, uh, Agent Triplet, Trip, he showed up again yep. as well, which was really cool to see him. I was so excited. I, I loved him as a character. Um, but yeah, he was he was back, and they basically had the conversation about how he didn't make it in the real world and things like yeah. that, and, and it was it was sad. Uh, but, I, I mean, I wouldn't put it past it, to be honest, because uh, who's to say that the framework doesn't didn't do what Ultron did in Age of Ultron, trying to upload himself to right. other servers and keep finding a way to exist? It could have happened with the framework or even Ada. That's true. All right. Well, transitioning out of uh, out of the out of Marvel Studios, um, as we can talk a little bit about um, Fox. Okay. I mean, I, you know, uh, have you have you watched the trailer for The Gifted? Yes, I have. All right. What did you think? Um, I'm at a wait and see point. Uh, Fox has kind of betrayed my trust a few times <laughs> with, the, with X-Men. Um, so I'm not exactly super eager and ready to jump at it. Uh, but, I mean, I'll watch it just like I watch all the other comic book stuff. I mean, I, I give Gotham a chance, and I'm still watching Gotham. So <laughs> if that tells you anything, I'll give it a chance until it's it's just crap. So. Man, like, I couldn't yeah. 
I didn't make it past season one. <laughs> well, you're a hardcore Batman fan, though. That's, yeah. that's the, you're hardcore on that, and so I get messing with your stories. I, I can see where that would be bad. Me, I'm kind of, like, I mean, you introduced me to comics. So I haven't been in it that long. Uh, and so with a lot of these stories, I'm kind of like, uh, I mean, I can take liberties with it. I just, yeah. I, I'm able to separate it a little easier, I think. But I also didn't grow up with them as, as much as you and some other people have. So I get the anger. <laughs> but yeah, with with X-Men, I'm kind of, I don't know. It, it's one of those things is you've hurt me too many times, Fox. <laughs> you, you, you've jabbed that in my heart a few times, and I don't know if I can trust you again. Well, I'll put it to you this way. I mean, just my thing. And and one is like, you know, there's, there's no anger towards Gotham. And if anything, it's just, it's uh, indifference. Like, I'm, I can, I'm not angry enough at Gotham that I watch it. I'm just so indifferent at mm-hmm. the entire premise that I just can't, you know, I can't really muster up emotion enough to care one way or another about Gotham as a series. I gotcha. But, yeah. But as far as um, Fox goes, I'm actually, you know, on board for the gifted simply because it's like they're they've got the toys in the toy box, and at this point they're finally able to actually start using them. Like, I mean, I like the fact that they've got you know Warpath and Polaris. Like they're using they're using the characters. Mm-hmm. Whereas at Legion, where they kind of wanted to stay as far away from like X Men references as they could. But still stay in the, the same universe. Like they wanted to walk the walk that line, mm-hmm. but not you know not necessarily dip their toe in. Like the gifted seems like they're just going to go ahead and go all in and say, "Hey, this happened." They're not, you know, they're using the characters, which I'm absolutely fine with. Because frankly, you should. If you're going to be an X Men show, show some X Men for sure. Yeah, just stop beating over, stop beating around the bush. You have these characters. Stop thinking you're going to do like a, a massive Marvel Studios film mm-hmm. with every X Men ever made. Just like, find a might. few good ones and do it. <laughs> Just pick a few good ones and actually get it done. Right. But, you know, so I'm okay with I'm okay with it. It actually looks it looks pretty good. It kind of it's it kind of reminds me of like X Files meets Fringe. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of on board a little bit on that one. I like the the fugitive aspect. Mm-hmm. So. Well, with that fugitive aspect, do you think we may see a version of the God Loves, Man Kills come out for do that? I don't think we'll see the storyline because they've already taken Stryker and made him and put him in the military. True. Being a preacher. Mm-hmm. So I think what will happen is, is that we'll end up, um, we'll have a variation on it in the actual series. Mm-hmm. But it won't be like I think we'll have a variation on the storyline, but it'll probably be a new character. Probably the theme of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I mean I'm 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 on board. I I'm, as far as like the movies, like, you know, new mutants, mm-hmm. I'm waiting for more casting news, but they pretty much have already got me in with Maisie Williams as Wolfsbane. Oh so, yeah. I was about to say, I mean freaking Arya Stark. Like <laughs> that's, that's I mean, awesome. And I'm all I've like every subsequent, you know, Fox X Men movie is like a roller coaster with me. There's some that I like, and then immediately the next one I can't stand. It's like you went from Days of Future Past, which I liked, to 
what was that? Apocalypse. It's <laughs> so uh, bad you forgot it, huh? <laughs> I, I, I tried to. I, I tried to put it out of my mind. I, <laughs> but I, it was oh, I just so cringeworthy. But, you know, at the same time, and then they're doing like Dark Phoenix, but, you know, this one, at the very least, they have, they've, they've cast somebody that I could, I could see taking the role, taking the role of Spain and doing something really special with it. Mm-hmm. Whether the rest of the movie shapes up to be anything watchable, you know, I'm, I'll reserve judgment. Well, and with the the current movie arc that they had done with Days of Future Past, First Class, and all those, it felt like they were more casting for to draw attention. Um, yeah. The hot new actors of now instead of trying to find the ones that fit best for the role. I, I really liked, um, and I can't remember his name, I just slipped my mind, um, the one who played Charles Xavier, uh, James McAvoy. Michael, I, yeah. I really, really liked him in that role. I thought he did a, a really good job, and I liked Michael Fassbender uh, as Magneto, but the writing that they did to those characters was just, wow, like atrocious. Um, just because like you had a great Charles throughout Days of Future Past, and even in First Class, I liked him. Um, and then all of a sudden, Magneto finds a heart and loves humanity and everything that his character is not. <laughs> yeah, I think that was always part of my part of my problem is that you put Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique, you put um, Michael Fassbender as Magneto. Mm-hmm. You can't let, and because they're so popular, you can't make them the villains that they are. So then they become anti-heroes. And then they're not even good at that. Right. So it's like it's like it's it's my it's my problem with the first X-Men movies being completely Wolverine focused. Mm-hmm. And this new crop of X-Men movies being completely mystique focused. So it's like it just honestly if you took out the rest of the X-Men in X-Men Apocalypse, you wouldn't even notice. You you could have put anybody in those roles and you mm-hmm. Wouldn't really matter. Oh yeah, they were all background to Mystique. That was what was ridiculous. <laughs> it was another Mystique movie. Mm-hmm. So, so when do you think we're going to get a Mystique solo film? I'm just playing. <laughs> Hopefully never. I don't, I don't think he wants to do it anymore. And it's weird. It's honestly weird that every time I talk about anything Fox related, it's always with the caveat of reserving judgment. Oh, absolutely! It's, it's never. I, I'm all in. Let me see it. I'm 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 on board. It's always. I'll reserve judgment. I, I mean, it's years and years of that. Mm-hmm. Just taking these characters and just doing them a grave injustice. Like I'll be honest with you, I still have not seen Logan. I actually saw that the other night. Um, wow. Actually, last night. Um, it was good. Uh, it, it was a strange Wolverine story, and it and you could really tell that they were stretching for um, the dead the Deadpool gore and R rating, like they were trying. That's that's what I, I didn't like because literally the first ten minutes of the episode, and I mean I don't mind a little language, but like literally it was the F word for the sake of the F word. That's yeah. all it was. I think he said get the F out probably about six times within five minutes. For yeah. no reason other than that he was trying to be grumpy Wolverine. Um, that's part of the. I think that's kind of what I'm. What I. What's been my vibe with the movie itself is is that okay? This is they're they're going to push the R rating. 
mm-hmm. which means it does, which means that it doesn't happen organically in the story. Mm-hmm. It's something you have to do. Well, and as the story progressed, um, the mm-hmm. whole the all the cussing and things like that started to lessen. Um, it wasn't as heavy as it was in the first ten twenty minutes of the movie. It all of a sudden started to actually get into some kind of story. Um, mm-hmm. The story wasn't amazing or anything like that. It was good. I mean, saving X twenty three and the the father daughter thing. It it was it was all right. It was really strange at times. Um, I think but you just stop calling it old man Logan. It's not old. It man. was no. It's not old man Logan. Wow. And because it's not, it's an older Wolverine. It's it, not, it, exactly. Oh. It's old Logan. It's not old man Logan. <laughs> old man Logan is an amazing. Yeah. Story that has, that has Hulk in it. Right. He's not old man Logan. <laughs> and, and it weirded me out throughout the movie too, the, the placement of the X-Men comics. And even at the end, one of the, uh, the, the manufactured mutants that he helps saves has a Wolverine toy. Like a like a full scale yeah. action figure, and I get that it's twenty five years and all that kind of stuff, but it's just it's a little too meta for me. I think. I mean, the, the problem I, I've I've had and with the with a lot of the X Men movies is that these are people who are supposed to be hated and feared, mm-hmm. hated and feared. I don't get any. I don't get any of that in these films. I get more of the indifference of. Oh, right. mutants. Oh, we should probably not like them. Okay. Yeah. It's different. It's not anything necessarily active. Right. So, I mean, that, that, that bothers me. Oh, absolutely. I'm right there with you. But, yeah, I mean, overall, it's not something I'd watch again, but, I mean, it was good. At some point, I'll see it just for completion's sake. I hear you. But, uh, but as far as the last bit of, and I'm, I'd probably say the only really shining light in the... Uh, in the uh, Fox Marvel X Men uh, universe is uh, your boy Donald Glover. Yeah, yeah, is uh, besides uh, music as Childish Gambino, besides his uh, Golden Globe winning series Atlanta, uh, besides playing uh, Lando Calrissian in the Han Solo film that is currently filming in London, he is going to executive produce and write a anim- an animated Deadpool series for FX. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I think it would be for two reasons. One, Deadpool. Two, Donald Glover. So. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Donald Glover is awesome. He's, he's, yeah. I haven't seen him anything that, in anything that I didn't enjoy. Uh, he's a great actor, a great writer. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm very excited I, I want. I was thinking about this uh, the other day. I want at least one like um, breaking the fourth wall kind of scene of mm-hmm. Troy and Abed. I need Troy and Abed to show up once. Yeah. That would be yeah. amazing. Well, here's the thing. You, can eat, you know, um, Danny Pudi. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> he was on uh, Powerless before they canceled it. So. I know. Now he's free. Yeah, Danny Pudi need to eat too. So have Deadpool actually show up on Troy and Abed in the morning? Yeah, <laughs> I'm down with that. <laughs> but no, I'm really excited about it. It feels. It seems like they'll probably go the route of like a an Archer style kind of Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like an animated version of Deadpool, as long as they do it right, which I, I have no doubt that Donald Glover will do it justice because he's not a stranger to comics and 
uh, comic book characters and things like that being Miles Morales on the Ultimate Spider-Man stuff like that. Um, yeah. I think he'll do good with it. And so as long as the comic translates to the show and vice versa, I think it'll be really cool. Yeah. I mean, just to kind of uh, add to your uh, your Donald Glover um, love, uh, <laughs> you know, platonic-like, <laughs> go on YouTube, look up Derek Comedy. Uh-huh. Uh, that was his uh, comedy team. They did a lot of video shorts. All of them are hilarious. Like, just if you if you get a chance, go ahead and look it up. But I'm with you. Definitely. I'm I'm a huge fan of Donald Glover. I'm a huge fan of Community. So I would absolutely love to see uh, Troy and Abed in Atlanta. That's awesome. <laughs> so like, I would love to see both of them together on screen again. Just because, oh. just because their, their dynamic was so good. It was amazing. Yeah, so I'm absolutely with you. I mean, just the fact that, and I'm glad that they have enough faith in him to deliver uh, a quality product that they basically created a writer's room in London where he's filming. Like just so he can he, he, just so he can do both. That's when they know. That's when you know they want you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got some uh, you've got some pull behind. You. Oh yeah. yeah. So um, moving on to uh, DC Comics, and this is actually kind of be, you know more in the the comic realm. Doesn't mean there's some um, there's some TV stuff that's that's in the it's in the offing. There's some movie stuff that's in the offing. There's some, uh, you know, they, everyone's doing their season finales. So mm-hmm. um, I haven't seen the, the season finale of The Flash, but I know what happens. So, I mean, Danny, what do you want to say about it? Uh, uh, it, it, it was amazing. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was absolutely, <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. amazing. I think it was just, I mean, and they haven't done the season finale yet. This is like the one, they did the one before the season finale. Right. I thought it was the season finale. Um, but it's not. Um, it's actually That's just... Awesome. So the season finale is the one that comes up this week. Um, I thought last week's was the season finale. Um, but no, we get one more heart-wrenching episode from The Flash to not only tear our hearts out, but stomp on it and kick it around a little bit and all that good stuff after um, the untimely death of uh, Iris. So even though we knew it was coming, it still sucked. <laughs> it still hurt. Here's the thing, like, the, the, the prevailing uh, theory is, is, is she really dead? Was that really Iris? You know, I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's not like, it, it's not unprecedented for Flash to do something like that. So, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't it, be surprised. Yeah, especially as a way of flushing out Savitar, because honestly, if, if, Sa- if that was Savitar's goal, and he, and he succeeded in it, then what would be the point in him, you know, ever showing up in the season finale? Right, because his whole purpose the whole time has been to to make Barry miserable and to make him hurt like he hurts and things like that. Well, you just cause the ultimate hurt, the ultimate betrayal, and just, like, what else is there? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, you could take everyone else away, but nothing's going to hurt like taking Iris away. Right. I mean, and, and I think it's going to be interesting that next season there's no uh, speedster as a villain, but at the same time, you know, they're, they're, they're good at misdirection. So, oh, yeah. it could, yes, it could be a depowered speedster. And considering that's what they're saying is, no, it's not a speedster. That's not <laughs> Just kidding. He's got a suit, too. <laughs> right. um, who, who, is a speedster or was a speedster. So, 
always and so it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic works out. I'm ready for a season for the villain to not be caused by Barry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, ready, I'm ready for at least one season or at least a few episodes where it's not a direct correlation to Barry being an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Make something not Barry's fault. So that you right, know. at least once. I give yeah. the guy a break. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but on the same front, I mean... Um, on the upfront, you know, everybody's been renewed, so that's a great thing. You got your renewal of your Legends of Tomorrow, renewal of Arrow, renewal of, uh, of Flash. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, a renewal of uh, Supergirl. So you know, we're gonna, you know, we're getting into our, uh, we're we're keeping our, our lineup uh, steady, as it were, and adding to it with the series pickup of Black Lightning. So I mean, I heard. That it's not part of the Arrowverse, but then I've heard that it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a little back and forth. Like the, the the series star, like he he wants a crossover. So I I would I have to presume that it's part of the Arrowverse. Otherwise, right. why bother? Exactly. Like, why would you need to make it separate? He's a DC hero, anyways. So what would be the purpose? Like, obviously, he needs to have his first season on his own for sure. Yeah. Um, because otherwise it relies too heavily on the rest of them. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, in all honesty, what I've seen in the trailer, for one, he's just Joe West with superpowers. <laughs> for sure. Super protective Joe West with superpowers. But, I mean... Overprotective father. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I think it'll be really, really cool uh, seeing what he does because he doesn't seem... Like, even though Arrow had his moment where, I mean, I mean moments... Uh, where he's been a murderous vigilante, like, hey, you did wrong, I'm going to kill you, judge, jury, executioner. Um, At the same time, though, the the Black Lightning, at least in the trailer, seem more in line with Daredevil to me, as far as he's ready to crack skulls and (laughs) kind of stuff like that. And I'm ready to see that, that street-level action view to that and everything. Yeah, and that's uh, that's something I want to see, too, because it's not... It's not some. It's not you know the hero taking on a supervillain who has a supervillain plan. Mm-hmm. It you know a it's someone trying to save their community. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's someone using the powers that he has to help the people around him, and that's you know that. It, not that you know, not that the other heroes don't, but they don't do that in a direct way. It's in you know they, they when they when they stop uh, when Flash stops Captain Cold, it's not you know. It's not to save an individual; it's to right. save, you know, in the long term. And right. that that was, you know, that was very forced. What I was saying, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it'd be interesting to see um, that dynamic because you know you have Jefferson Pierce as just and the guy that he is, and he doesn't have, and he doesn't have a team around him. Like, there's no team. There's no team Black Lightning. Right. But it looks like they might be kind of going that direction with the daughters getting superpowers. Yeah. So okay, so that's what that was in that trailer then. So yeah. I wasn't sure if something was happening or whatever. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. I think that's the thing is that it's, it, his you know, his daughters start to develop powers and he has to deal with not only, you know, his legacy as a hero, mm-hmm. but training his daughters because I think he's. I think they're going to. He's going to come to the realization that he can't do everything on his own. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see that dynamic play out. Especially the overprotective father part of that. All of a sudden, his daughters 
coming into the fold. That'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm excited about it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, and then in the you know in the movie world, you got next month you got Wonder Woman, which has been getting uh, a lot of a lot of positive uh, feedback, and I'm happy for because. I need, you know, I want more of that. I want more, like, I want more female directors. I want female-led uh, superhero films. I want female-led like, this, uh, solo films. We need more of that. And the fact, and I, I want this to be so good. I want this to be good for all of those reasons. And then just because I want a really good Wonder Woman. Film. For sure, yeah. I mean, it's your first time on the big screen. I mean, I'm super excited for it. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I you know I'm looking forward to that. I'll definitely be there, and you know on June second, I think yeah, I think it is. But um, other than that, I mean we've got as far as the the comic book world, I mean the Watchmen connection. Mm-hmm. Everything now seems to be pointing towards Watchmen. You had the button with Batman and uh, Batman and Flash chasing you know chasing Reverse Flash through. Uh, through time, through the speed force, and mm-hmm. apparently having him coming into contact with someone who might or might not be Doctor Manhattan. Oh, he's Doctor Manhattan. Of course, it's Doctor Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> then you got you know, then you got Doomsday Clock coming up in November, which is just full on Superman v Doctor Manhattan. So, I mean, just the fact that they're bringing that universe, uh, they're bringing that aspect of uh dc comics together with um with you know dc rebirth it's going to be interesting to see and i keep pointing people to that first image from dc rebirth number one of all the heroes like reaching towards that hand like the, and it's it's dr manhattan oh yeah <laughs> it's dr. Manhattan. so but the thing is is that if it's dr manhattan then i want to know where's night owl where's silk specter where's uh Where's Ozymandias? Like, where are they? Like, I know, um, I mean, is Rorschach, is Rorschach actually really dead? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was just tra- teleported to another dimension. So, I mean, the, those are the things I want to know. Yeah. I want to see those. Like, so, I mean, what do you think? I, I really think it'll be cool to see them come into the fold, because it's going to, for me, and I haven't been reading DC Comics very long, but I, I feel like that gives it another side that, hasn't really been brought in to that comics world um, mm-hmm. as far as these near, especially with Dr. Manhattan, this godlike character that could literally look at you and you're gone. Um, yeah. Literally so powerful to be able to create a whole new timeline, the rebirth. Um, and I know you were telling me Flashpoint apparently is still intact. Yeah. So well, there, that's was, a whole other universe there. It was in the button. Then something happened, but you know, I, I would recommend reading the button. I don't necessarily want to spoil it. Yeah, um, but so yeah, yeah so I and I, I got to catch up with those and everything. But I'm I'm really excited to see how the Watchmen play into that. Whether they're a a team against our current heroes, uh, if some of them actually don't share the same ideals as Doctor Manhattan mm-hmm. and actually become adversaries to him, or however that may play out, um, yeah. especially with Doctor Manhattan versus Superman. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't see that being much of a fight. I see it more of being a battle of wills. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I don't particularly, it's not, I don't think it's going to break, I, I don't think it'll break down into like a, you know, full-on 
like fisticuffs. I don't think it's going to be. <laughs> it's it definitely could not be a physical fight. No, because it would take literally a second for Manhattan to go. Eh, I don't want you to exist anymore. I think it'll be more of a battle of wills. Uh-huh. So it'll be uh, that that would definitely be interesting to see. And then I mean you have between that you know between the button and then between Doomsday Clock you've got. This summer, DC Dark Knights Metal. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm waiting for. Like you know, um, every month I do an interview with uh, Scott Snyder, who's the uh, writer of uh, All Star Batman <coughs> and uh, American Vampire, which is uh, he just finished his uh, his story with Jeff Lemire, uh, AD After Death, uh, which is a great comic from Image that I would uh, definitely uh, recommend people pick up. But uh, he is um, front-running um, this new story arc that's going to just encompass the entire DC universe, and it's called Metal. And it's going to be, and it, this is actually, and it's actually going to lead into new books coming out, like new books and new characters. Oh, that'll uh, be exciting. Yeah, exactly. So it's um, it's a lot of information, and you know we've been we've been talking, and I don't want to spoil anything for anybody because as a fan, like. Eat, as a fan, there's a part of me that loves the information that I have, but uh-huh. wish I didn't have it because then I because I want to be as surprised as everyone else when they first open it. But you know, there's still that part of me. It's just like I know something you don't. Exactly. So, <laughs> so I'll hold on to that. I'm gonna hold on to that. But I will say that there's a lot of things that are gonna be callbacks to some of the best DC comic stories, I'd say of the last like twenty years. So wow. Yeah, I think they they they're really gonna you know take the best of what's in the vault and add to it, and it's gonna be a, a story that's going to make you appreciate heroes mm-hmm. and their role. And that from what I from everything that that I've heard, everything I've talked to Scott about, that's ri- that's kind of the goal. And I think you know it's it's gonna be a reason for like the way Rebirth has. Has uh, has gotten DC fans excited for these characters that they love because you're getting the you're getting the characters at their best and you're getting the characters the way you remember them and the way you the way you connected to them. Mm-hmm. I think uh, overall, I think Metal and uh, like Dark Days and Dark Nights, all of those are going to at the end make you appreciate these characters so much more. That's so. Yes, I'm definitely looking forward to it, and definitely looking forward to, to, to learning things about it as well. Like I'm definitely going to, you know, try and get some more information. I can't tell people about, but just keep, keep rubbing it in, Darren. Keep rubbing it in. <laughs> <laughs> no interest, no interest at all. Just, uh, <laughs> just stay tuned because I will. Uh, in fact, if you uh, if you go to uh, the www.com, if you go to Worldwide and read my last uh, interview uh, with Scott Snyder. There are some, uh, there are not spoilers. There are some details about what you can look forward to in uh, in metal coming out. I'm excited to see about the uh, the gladiator thing. Um, yeah. You sent that picture to us, and I was like, "What in the actual heck?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like it was like a Planet Hulk versus Batman DC yeah. and everything. I was like, "All right, I'll take it." <laughs> and it's you know it's it's Mongol, so it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see, and then. You have, um, I mean, uh, as an established <laughs> character that, uh, that they're there to find, that they're 
and they need to help. And the way this person helps them, just from the description, is going to be just out of this world bonkers in how mm-hmm. they and how and how that works out. So I'm absolutely looking forward to it. That'll be cool. Yeah. So I mean, with that being said, I don't think we have a whole lot of you know DC news left. Any, any stories that we didn't get to in this episode that you uh, that you wanted to talk about, you can absolutely let us know on social media through our uh, Twitter at uh, Superpowered Fan on Twitter or uh, email us um, Superpowered Fancast at gmail.com and you can read our articles on uh, superpoweredfancast.com or on the gww.com for geeks worldwide um danny um please let us know what's coming up in uh in the kessel run yeah so uh we actually launched a uh, brand new website for kesselrunweekly.com um basically chronicling everything star wars so not just news because I mean, news is cool and everything, but we want to talk as fans. We want to have that conversation with you guys. And so part of that, um, we've actually got our uh, Thrawn uh, by Timothy Zahn, uh, the book. uh, We're going through it on our Holocron book club. Um, This week, we're going to go over chapters four through uh, six, uh, so three chapters a week, um, and just talking about it, fanning out about it, really. Um, and just having fun because uh, we're not experts, <laughs> we're fans. Um, but we also want to want to want to talk with you guys, and it's fun talking with you guys about things that we love because we know you love Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Um, also, we have an interview coming up uh, next Friday um, that'll be released uh, with McKenna from Nine Live. She was second place in the Star Wars Celebration cosplay competition. Um, huh? Got pointed out by Dave Filoni, uh, the creator of Ahsoka himself. Um, as well as the voice actor, Ashley Eckstein. Uh, so she had some really cool commendations for her Mortis Ahsoka and everything, and we had a really cool conversation with her. Uh, so definitely check that out. We're on social media at Kessel Run Weekly. Um, you can find all our stuff at KesselRunWeekly.com. All right, awesome. And uh, like I said, you can, you can pretty much find us everywhere. You know where this podcast is. everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> if you go into the description for this episode, you're going to find links to where you can find us. And please, please, please go ahead and rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, let us know what you think, what you like, what you don't like. Um, um, leave us comments, and we'll read them on the uh, read them on the show. We want to hear from you. Want to hear from you. Absolutely. So, um, until next time, the uh, dynamic duo is going to sign off. Uh, this is Darren. And I'm Danny. And we'll catch you next time.